I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the forgotten origins of fairy tales, the podcast where I look into the truth behind our best-loved children's stories. And this week is actually the first time I feel like I need to put in a little disclaimer. If you've got young children around, it might be best to pop in some headphones for this one, or just wait until they're in bed, because it's time to explore the gory origins of Hansel and Gretel. By far, one of the darkest fairy tales we tell our children as we tuck them into bed at night, Hansel and Gretel tells the tale of two young children who come from a very poor family. Because there's so little to eat, their weak-willed father takes them into the woods upon instruction from his new wife and leaves them to, well, die. Because Hansel suspects something rotten is afoot, he leaves a trail of white pebbles to lead them back to the house. When the father does leave them there, they're able to follow the trail of pebbles back to the house. Outraged to see the returned stepmother once again instructs the the father to take them into the woods. This time, though, Hansel can't find the pebbles, so must take a slice of white bread. And unfortunately for the children, by the time their father leaves them, the birds have come down and eaten the crumbs, and they soon become horribly lost in the woods. The two wander helplessly for a while before stumbling hungrily across a house made entirely of gingerbread and sweets. An old woman entices them into the house and encourages them to eat as much as they can, especially Hansel. It turns out that this sweet old woman is in fact a witch who forces Gretel to work for her as a slave and feeds up Hansel to eat. Seriously dark. In the end though, a huntsman saves the children and the witch is cooked inside her own oven when Gretel tricks her into looking inside. Ouch. So how, you're wondering, could this tale get any darker? Well, as with other fairy tales we've covered, the story was made famous by the Brothers Grimm in the 18th century, but the original story dates back to the Baltic regions during the Great Famine of 1314 to 1322. Volcanic activity ushered in a period of prolonged climate change which led to crop failures and global starvation, and the effects of the famine were particularly bad in Europe where food scarcity was already a concern pre the changing climate. And the effects were so devastating that scholars estimate at least 30 million people died as a result. So what does this have to do with Hansel and Gretel? Well, unfortunately, a lot. During the worst periods of the famine, some of the elderly voluntarily starved themselves in order to give the young a chance to live. 
But in other villages, children were killed or abandoned to create less mouths to feed. There's even evidence of cannibalism, with people digging up recently deceased corpses. And worse than that, mothers were fed their own children without knowing it. And it's from this grim carnage that Hansel and Gretel was born. One of the earliest renditions of the story, guessed to have originated in 1316 from Romania, was called The Little Boy and the Wicked Stepmother. In this version, two children are abandoned and find their way home following a trail of ashes, not breadcrumbs. When they manage to find their way back to the house, though, the stepmother is so angry she kills the boy and forces the girl to prepare the corpse for a family meal. The girl did as she was told, but hides her brother's heart inside a tree beside the house. The father tucks into his dinner without knowing he's eating his own son. The daughter refuses to eat, claiming that she feels too sick. Not surprised. When her parents have gone to bed, the little girl sneaks out and puts the boy's bones inside the tree with his heart. But the next morning, a cuckoo bird emerges, singing, Cuckoo! My sister has cooked me and my father has eaten me, but I am now a cuckoo and safe from my stepmother. The terrified stepmother hurls a lump of salt at the bird, but the salt falls back down, hitting her on the head and killing her instantly. I think we can all agree that we wouldn't rush to print this as a children's book. So we've got the children, the mother, the abandonment and the cannibalism. But when did the witch come into the story? Well, as with the majority of folklore, witches appeared around the 15th and 16th century, added into the story to make them cautionary tales. And the turn of the 15th century brought with it the era of the witch craze in Europe and lasted until the end of the 17th century. It was during the 16th century that we can see the emergence of witches in fairy tales and Hansel and Gretel is no exception. Though the maternal figure remains in part the villain, parents needed a way of discouraging their children from wandering off, hence the witch and the temptation she brings with her. There are also some serious biblical undertones, with the gingerbread representing temptation and sin, and the witch representing the devil. Though Hansel still gets consumed in these early editions, it's no longer by the family, but by the witch. I mean, I guess that's an improvement. There's also a bit of justice at the end, as Gretel manages to burn the witch inside her own oven. And this was a heavy nod towards the burnings in the witch trials. The witch is also said to have been inspired by a Slavic folk tale, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is a supernatural being who appears in multiple Russian folk tales to discourage children from wandering off on their own. She's said to take the form of a withered old woman who lives in a cottage in the middle of a forest. From the waist up, she's human but stands on chicken legs, for some reason. Baba Yaga's sole purpose in life is to lure children into her cottage, cook and eat them. So the influence over the fairy tale is pretty clear. So the fairy tale was first recorded in Western Europe by 
Giambattista Basile, an Italian collector, in the early 17th century and was published after his death in 1632. In this version, though, the children are called Nelilo and Nenella. And it's almost identical to the Romanian tale, but instead of the father taking them out into the wood, the children wander off and are captured by the witch. Next up was the well-known Brothers Grimm. But even their first edition of the tale was equally sinister, and they had to sanitise it slightly for the second book, because even they agreed it was far too dark for children. To start with, they changed the biological mother to a stepmother and softened the father into having remorse after leaving his children in the forest. They also got rid of Hansel's death and had Gretel push the witch into the oven before she cooked him. And that's the creepy story I remember from my childhood. But that's not where the journey of the fairy tale ends. It inspired loads of stories around the world, like The Bird That Made the Milk, in Africa in 1886, Johnny and Grizzle in England in 1892, and The Two Children and the Witch in Portugal in 1901. And though all slightly different to suit their own heritage and culture, the crux of all these stories stems from the famines of the early 14th century. So there you go. That is the gory backstory of Hansel and Gretel. I hope I didn't ruin your childhood too much for you there. But next week, I'm delving into a slightly more unusual tale, one you may not even have heard of, and it's called The Little Matchstick Girl. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and let your family and friends know about it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.